those that your heart is here. And uh, hopefully this is a blessing to you tonight. Exodus chapter 23, verse 29 says, But I will not drive them out in a single year, because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Verse 30, little by little. Could you say that with me? Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. I will establish your borders from the East Sea of the Mediterranean Sea and from the desert of the Euphrates River. I will give into your hands the people who live in the land and you will drive them out before you. You will drive them out before you. I want to preach on this uh, subject tonight. This is in your notes. If you're taking notes with us tonight, it's simply this, the power of a little. I want to preach tonight about the power of a little. He said, little by little is, is how um, the Israelites were going to conquer their promised land. So I'd love to just take a moment and pray over the word tonight. Lord, would you speak to us uh, tonight? Holy Spirit, would you come and, and minister as only you can in our hearts, God? I'm, I'm, I'm just so finite, God, and limited, but you're unlimited, and you can speak more in one moment than I could in a lifetime. So, so just touch us tonight, Jesus, and we want to hear from your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. The power of a little. I think sometimes it's easy to have a misconception in life about how God works in our, in our life, um, how God moves, and, and how the vision in our life unfolds. Uh, I, I don't know if you have a dream, a vision from God in some area of your life, and you look and you say, well, it looks like nothing's happening. You know, you, you have a big dream, you have a big idea, uh, you have a plan, but it looks like nothing is working out. How many planners do we have in the house this evening? Any planners? Yeah, hands up all over the place. You're, you're, you're a go-getter. You have an idea of where you want to go. And I don't know about you, it's pretty frustrating when the plan doesn't work out like we thought it was going to work out. Whenever uh, there's detours along the journey and whenever things don't quite pan out the way we feel like they're panning out and we have big dreams but it looks like that the big thing is not necessarily happening in our life and and so I just want to really address this idea and maybe you're here and maybe you're not but I think uh, all of us are going to, going to be here in some area of our life where we're um, where, where we're really wondering did I miss God did, did I feel like I hit it do I did, am I headed in the right direction even um, and so this message tonight is just really a kind of a culmination of, of honestly, what I preach to myself a lot. Um, what, what I preach to whenever I talk to myself about uh, the vision I feel like that, that God gives me. And I think the Bible is more about the small things than it is about the big things. I think we're all about the big things, but I think when we read the Scripture, God is all about the little things. Um, need a mountain moved? It takes a faith that's little, size of a mustard seed, according to the word. Uh, need to feed 5,000 men plus women and children? Just takes a little boy with a little lunch. Need to kill a giant, David? Just one little stone. Need to call down fire from heaven, Elijah, and consume the sacrifice and, 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 and prove that God is real. And when the prophets of Baal are preaching lies, it uh, just takes a little prayer um, when God wanted to save all of mankind and destroy the works of the devil how did he do it he did it through a little baby in a manger I think 
instead of focusing on the big things, I want to challenge us tonight. And when it comes to the vision in our life, when it comes to the dreams and ambitions of our soul and, 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 and the, the dream that God has for your life, and if I just take a moment and say God has a dream for your life, I, I hope I, I say that just kind of with assuming that you get that and connect with that. But, but, but please understand that the, that the highest form of living is to live with a calling. Um, that I don't, there's no other way to live, to truly live, except to live by the fact that God has a calling for your life. Um, not for you to aimlessly wonder just by your own plan, but that God has a big dream for your life that'll make a kingdom impact, that, that there's a fingerprint of God on you and He's put you where He's placed you for a specific reason, that, 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 that you have a calling on your life, that, that if there's anything that, that, that we can use to navigate it's the fact, God, what is your calling for me? God, what is your dream for my life? Because other than a calling, our life can be an emotional roller coaster. Without the calling being that bedrock, um, everything else can easily be upended in, with one phone call or one email or, or one message. Or, or one conversation, everything can be upended. But if you have a calling, if you have a dream from God, then, then that calling can sustain you and nothing else will. I moved to Knoxville. Karen, I moved to Knoxville because of a calling. And there's times where nothing is quite making sense, but I stand on the calling. Many times I go to the place where I felt like the Lord gave us the name of the church and all that, and at times I've literally just stood in that spot and stood on a calling. I want to tell you, you can stand on a calling. And, and it doesn't have to be my calling. Your calling is it should be different because if, if all of our calling was the same, we couldn't reach our city. If all the calling was the same, we couldn't reach our world. But, but your calling should be different than my calling and my calling than your calling. But, but, but nevertheless, all of us should be operating our lives from the fact that God has a big dream for our lives. And here's how you know that it's from God. Is you can't do it in your own ability. If it's something that you can achieve by going to, going to school or if you can achieve by figuring it out yourself or you can achieve it with the money in your pocket, it's not a God dream because God specializes in taking imperfect people with inabilities and failures and, make, and, and causing them to put a dream in their heart and causing them to do things that they couldn't imagine. You know why? So that at the end of the day, when God does the miracle, we won't point to ourselves, we'll point at Him and say, if it had not been for the Lord who is on my side, where would I be? So when God does the miracle, when God defeats the giant, David doesn't say, look at David. When God uses the small stone, everybody says, wow, look at David's God. And whenever the, the mountain moves because of that simple prayer, they don't look at the person, they look at, wow, what a God that could do something like that that God specializes in giving a dream and a vision. But the problem with that, and I could preach about that all day long, the problem with that is what do you do when God gave you it and it's not coming to pass the way you thought it was? See, instead of focusing on the big things, I want to challenge us tonight to focus on the little things. Exodus chapter 23, we read it earlier about the children of Israel God had given them a dream a vision they were going to inhabit this new land called Canaan's land and they were going to possess the land God had given them a vision but God gives them a really interesting path to how that vision is going to be accomplished 
in their life. I want to read it again. It says, I will not drive them out in a single year. Their promised land was being possessed by other people. It says, because the land would become desolate and wild animals would be too numerous for you. But little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the desert to the Euphrates River, and I will give into your hands the people who live in the land, and you will drive them out before you. I want to give you four simple truths from this one passage of Scripture for what it means to, to possess, to begin to possess that dream and that promise that God has for our lives. How do we do that? Here's, here's the first one if you're taking notes. Um, that I, I see it first is a little patience. A little patience. And I can hear a collective moan like, oh. I was taught in Sunday school, pray for everything, but don't pray for patience. Because <laughs> God will give it to you. I think that's a really bad way to look at it. But patience is not a word that any of us like. I, 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 none of us want to be patient. God's starts this conversation and says hey I'm not going to drive them out in a year to which I'm sure they thought why not I mean it's God's dream why can't he do it like I've seen you move you move the mountain I believe I'll see you do if we would be honest we'd say I'd see you do it right now <laughs> you made a way <laughs> I want you to do it right now. And, and we want it in the moment that God gives it to us. He says, I'm not going to drive them out in a year. And we're like, what in the world? And that really messes us goal-oriented people up. Because we want God to fulfill the dream and the vision in our heart right now. And the problem is, many times, between the promise and the fulfillment of that, there is a process that requires patience along the way. And we underestimate the we under we overestimate that destination, and we overestimate the right now. And I believe we vastly underestimate the power of the process. The process can do things that nothing else can do. The process can literally move a mountain. If you've um, if if you've ever been to the beach before, um, the the process um, created that beach of of constant. Of, that, of those waves constantly and aren't you glad I'm talking about the beach on a, on a freezing cold night here yeah but, but it's that process that, create, that can take a mountain and turn it into sand that it's the process that can do what nothing else can do uh, Bill Gates said this most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years when I dropped my son off for school today I thought to myself the days are long but the years are short and it requires patience along the way whatever God's put in your life I just want to encourage somebody don't give up in the, in the process don't give up when it's taking a little longer than you think um, and, and we want it now because at the end of the day people aren't going to remember how fast you did something they're going to remember how you did something and, and we need patience and, and when we study the scripture, we realize that there is actually a purpose in the waiting. And I think we need to be reminded of that sometimes, that there's purpose in the waiting. Uh, my wife and I are expecting a baby, and, 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 and I don't want the process of pregnancy 
to, to be any shorter than what it's intended to be. I want it to be that nine months, even though it's getting more and more uncomfortable for my wife. But the process has a purpose that, that just because if, without that process taking place, that, that life is not going to be as healthy as it should be or as it could be. I want to say this. If God gave you what you wanted right now, it would not be a blessing to you. If God gave you what you wanted right now, it would not be a blessing to you. If I gave my three-year-old son a brand new Corvette for his birthday this year, it would not be a blessing to him. If I gave him the keys, hey, buddy, just be careful, man. Enjoy yourself. He would kill himself and damage a lot of property and everything else in the process. Why? Because he's not ready for it. And I, as a good father, am not going to give that boy something that's going to hurt him and hurt other people. And don't you think if God is just as good of a father, he's a greater father than what any of us could ever imagine. He's never going to give us something that's going to destroy us. So could it be that in the middle of the process, God's seemingly withholding things, we cannot understand, could even... And I thought, okay, whatever's coming next is not going to be good at all. Um, I knew it wasn't good when they asked me the question, how much money do you want to spend on this?
Hey, somebody's going Making sense? Proclaim the word. So a little patience. little bit always have growing at Because I think, man, if people are just showing up, experiencing a Sunday event and leaving and not sharing life together, then, then, then that's a problem because we can't possess it if people aren't growing. Not just the church growing. I, 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 I think about the same thing when it comes to people serving. It's not that we need people serving here at church. It's not like, oh, we, if we're not going to have a service next Sunday, if, people, you know, if, if a new person doesn't get on the serve team, it's not that. We'll, we'll make it work. Could it be, it, will it be better if everyone is serving? Absolutely. But, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll work it out together. But it's not even for City Hills. It's really for the people. Because we're, we're praying our, we're here at City Hills, our, our vision is that so we want to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. So the way that works, we're open every Sunday. People are finding a relationship with God. They're meeting God face to face. That's why every time we come in here, that's why we lift up our hands. That's why we worship God because we believe in His presence. Lives can be changed. 
We don't come to just go through the motions. We come to experience the power of God. And, and, and we just see it happen week after week. People are like, I don't know. I had someone came, come up to me after second service Sunday, and they said, I, I, just, I came here not intending to come here. I just came here for another reason, to see someone. Someone had invited me, and I literally was planning just to come and leave. Said, But whenever I walked in there and I heard that music, said, I just could not, this grown person, I could not stop crying because I felt the power of the Holy Spirit, and it had been so long, and I felt like God was drawing me and I've been growing for the last month and I've just been so hungry for more of God. Church, that's what it's all about. We want people to know God. But also we want people to find freedom, which is those relationships and get in community. Then we want to help them discover their purpose. Like why? What's that calling and that dream in your life? And then let's make a difference together. Let's, let's get serving together and loving on our city together and greeting people together and all these. And that's what I pray. God, help us not to just grow, but help us to grow in the right way. Help us to grow in our, in, in our giving and and, and uh, City Hills, we're not a church that's supported by um, like like a, like one generous uh, giver and then the rest. No, we're it's it's amazing. It's just just people doing what they can do. It's just people being faithful in the tithe. Just ordinary people. And and a lot of times, I think we look at what we have the opportunity to do, and we think, well, it's not really much. It can't really make that much of a difference. But what you realize, it's amazing. I think of I can I can get emotional just thinking about it, but I think about when the church first started, and there were people that started giving at the time. I was the one that counted the offering. Thank God I don't do I don't do that anymore. But I was the one that would see the checks and, and make the deposit and all those kind of things in the very early days of the church. And and, and I remember there'd be people, there'd be five dollar check next week. And they'd start getting faithful. Five dollar check. And they kept being faithful. Five dollar and five dollar. And then before long, it'd be ten dollar. $10 and then $50 and then, then it'd be $100 and then it'd be $150 and that one person then you, then you start hearing the story because they, they're getting connected at church and they've, the, God's blessed them with, with a raise and, they, and then they got a new position and in other words as they were faithful with what they could do as they were faithful in their tithe God just kept blessing them and, and, and what I found is that, that, if, that those who are givers always have more to give those who are praisers always have more to praise about those who are worshipers always have more to worship about like what in the same the opposite is true the worriers always have more to worry about complainers always have more to complain about negative people always have more things to be negative about so guys why don't we grow in the right direction why don't we grow take what we have and say God grow me help me to be generous right where I am help me to be faithful in my tithe help me be faithful it's not about the church it's about my heart because as you as you continue to just be faithful in whatever it is that God's called you to do, serving, giving, uh, caring for people, your personal time with God, you know, those that, man, get up early and watch Wednesday morning prayer with us, just all those little things, what's happening? We are consistently possessing more of what God has for us individually and as a church family. Here's the third thing. So, so we talked about a little patience, a little growth. I love this one. It's my prime affair. A little grace. A little grace. God said, I will establish your borders. He says, I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the desert to the Euphrates River. And I thought to myself, why didn't God say, I'll give you the whole land? Why didn't God say that? Why didn't God say, hey, Israel, you got it all. The whole earth is yours. He didn't say that. He said, hey, I got a border for you. He said, uh, here's your border. It's from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea. And then 
It's going to be from the desert to the Euphrates River. That's your boundary. I think God, instead of giving them the whole universe or the whole world, God set their boundary because I believe He was trying to show them that as long as you'll stay in your, in your place, I'll give you grace for your place. As long as you'll stay in the boundary of what I gave you, you're going to be able to possess more and more of your promise. And this is so powerful because I think many times when we're stressed out, burned out, when we're depressed, whenever we're dealing with all kinds of fear and worry, I think it's because we are trying to operate in a, in a, in a place that God has not graced us for. Or we're trying to operate in a time that God has not graced us for. God gives us grace for our time, and God gives us grace for our place. Deuteronomy 32, 25 says, As your days are, so shall your strength be. So God gives you strength for the days. So as long as it's today, you can just mark it down. You're going to have strength for the day. So what's going to happen tomorrow? Whenever you go to tomorrow, you go there alone because God's not there yet. This, I mean, God's there, but your strength is not there yet. God says, as you go to tomorrow, I'm going to give you strength for tomorrow. And as you go to the next day, I'll give you strength for that day. But if you mentally travel to the future, you're going to go without my grace. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Whenever I think about the future, you know what I always think of? What if it fails? What if I don't have the money? What if they leave? What if, and it's never in the positive, ever. I never think of the future like, man, what if everything just goes great and it's a sunny day and so I find $200 on the side of the road. I never think about that, ever. I always think about the future of, oh man, how are we going to pay that? Oh, okay, how's it? We, I know it's going to be, oh, oh man, it's going to be, how are we going to pay the $6,800 for the AC? You know, you just think about the future and the negative. Why? Because when you go there, you're going without the grace that's given you today, the mercy that's new every single morning. So, so, so walk out your place where you are right now. Where are you working right now? Who are, who are you doing life with right now? Um, how much money do you make right now? Um, what, what, who, where are you at right now? That's God's place for you. You say, well, I don't like it. God will give you grace for it. Every season of, of our church, I just use it as an example all the time, and hopefully you can use this as you know, an example in your own life, but every season of this church, I've always felt like it's been out of, of my league to be able to, to do what, I, what was the task before me. When we moved here, we didn't know a single person I thought, Lord, how in the world am I, I'm a, how am I going to meet somebody? I mean, I don't want to be a creepy guy just random them up, walking up to people. Hey, I'm planting a church. You want to come with me? They'll look at me like Taser or something. Yeah, I don't want that. God, how in the world do you meet people you don't even know and tell them and they're going to be, come to your church and they're going to, how's that going to happen? But you know what? God gave me grace. In the church, I'm thinking, okay, how are we going to do this? And God gave me grace. And we didn't have people to play music, and it was just, I was up there playing and singing, and da da da. da. How's, how am I going to do this? Grace. God gives you grace, church, for every single season that you go in, as long as you'll embrace it. 
Say, God, it's not exactly what I want, but, but embrace it right where I am right now. 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. he's talking about this in the Scripture and people that were slaves and people that were married and not married and all these different places that we find ourselves in life. It says, don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. So live and obey and love and believe right there. Verse 24, I'll put this on the screen as well. It says, friends, stay where you are called to be. Oh, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to... God says, wherever that calling, that dream that I get, stay where you're called to be. Why? Because God's there. Hold the high ground with Him at your side. Isn't that good? Wherever God's called you to be, you don't, you don't go until God's called you to go. I tell people this all the time. Never leave somewhere. Always go somewhere. Never, never, never get upset and leave a job. Don't get mad at your boss and leave a job. Find where God's calling you and go to the place He's calling you. That's how, you, that, that, that's how we live our lives. Simply is don't compare your place with someone else's place. If you're married, don't compare your spouse with someone else's spouse. Don't compare your paycheck with someone else's. Don't compare your life with someone else's. Don't compare your church with someone else's. Don't live your life comparing. And what you'll find is that you will not be operating in the grace. The grace is saying, God, today, my family, my job, my pay, wherever I am, wherever I am right now, God, I embrace the grace you give me for today and I'm going to trust that you're going to be with me tomorrow. Whatever it is that you have for me, little by little, little by little, little by little, God's going to do a work. Here's the fourth thing. Musicians, you could come. A little work. A little work. So a little patience. A little growth. A little grace. And a little work. I love how, love how God says it. <laughs> At the end of this in verse 31, he says, I will give into your hands the people who live in the land. That sounds like, praise God. He's going to give it to me. I seen you move. You move them, you know. And watch this. And you, <laughs> wait, I thought it was God. And you will drive them out before you. So who is it? Is it God or is it you? Is it you or is it God? I say it's both. That there's a part to play that we have. So the fourth thing is a little work. A little work. Proverbs 12, 11 says, Those who work their land will have abundant food but those who chase fantasies have no sense. It'd be like saying this, I need to lose 20 pounds, God. Lord, I'm just believing you today. Anybody want to claim that promise? I'm believing in the name. Somebody write a song about that in the name. 20 pounds, I got a 20 pound miracle coming my way. I mean, y'all would be leaving this church quick if you thought that I actually thought that. Why? Because there are just some things God's not going to do. If I want my 20-pound miracle, I'm going to have to pass the hot now sign and not go in. I'm going to have to go by Planet Fitness and actually go in. 
How many things in life are we asking God to do things and God says, I don't do that. I don't do that. But if you'll work with me, I think sometimes we're like, God, I need a table. God, I need a table. God, would you build a table? What you'll find, God never built a table, but he did give us a tree. He did give us a seed. He gave something on the inside that can grow. He gave us ground and dirt and ideas and ability to seek after him and hustle and work hard and get out of the, he gave us the ability to do things. And I just want to challenge you. Is there anything in your life that you're, 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 you're putting all on God and God says, hey, I'm going to help you, but, but I need you to, to work the land a little bit. You want a good marriage? I need you to work the land. You want to be blessed? I need you to work the land. You, you have a part to play. You, you have something uh, to, to do. You, you, you have something that, that you want to do. You, so you have a sallow, you have like a thought in mind of, man, God, I want to have this kind of financial blessing in my mind. This is what I want, God. And this is where I'm at, God. I think all of us, if we're honest, we have those, we have those things and those ideas in our heads. And God's what I want, God, what I want. And, and I think sometimes, at least I've seen this in my own life, some of the things that were holding me back from possessing more was the fact I wasn't taking care of what I had. In fact, I wasn't um, hustling for new opportunities. I was missing the work, some of the work. So, so what's the little thing? I just wanted to kind of focus on the little thing today. What's the little thing that you can step into? Are you dealing with some patience? You need some patience? Are you dealing with some, you need to get some work? You need some growth in your life? Or maybe you just need to stand in that grace here tonight and just say, God, I'm just going to trust you right where I am. But know that the people did possess the promise and God was faithful, but he did it little by little. Can we stand all over the house tonight? You receive this tonight? Yeah, amen.